Hello and welcome to the first episode of Yo's new podcast, Back to Work. I'm your host, Joe McIntyre, and on this podcast, we'll talk about returning a workforce back to normal during and after COVID-19. We'll also talk about what exactly this quote-unquote new normal will look like for employers and employees alike. The challenges of 2020 changed the entire world in ways that we could have never imagined especially when it came to our professional lives. For most of us, we had only a few days to shift from in-person workplaces to working from our homes. What we thought would only be a few weeks has ended up lasting well over a year. And now, as vaccines are rolling out, we are making yet another transition. This podcast series will serve as a forum to discuss the next transition we're facing, address emerging issues, and provide expert point of views from industry leaders at Yo and beyond. Today, we'll be sitting down with Kurt Walker, Vice President of HR at Yale. In his role, Kurt is focused on maintaining the effectiveness of employees, whether it be through creating a performance-based culture where talent can excel and develop, recognition and rewards, or ensuring low burnout rates. Kurt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Joe. It's great to be here. Now, to start off, as companies begin to welcome employees back into the workplace, what are some of the biggest challenges and opportunities you see in the coming year? Normally, culture and change sort of happen and evolve over time. And it's typically so slowly that you don't even recognize it. So you think aging. I look at a picture of myself from 10 years ago, and then I look at myself in the mirror. I'm a whole lot different now. And I, but I didn't recognize that on a day-to-day or even month-to-month, maybe even year-to-year kind of basis. But over a period of years, it takes some time. But with covid And the last year, there's been so radical, so much radical change and a fast change. There's a significant amount of the workforce that's already returned to the worksite or they never left to begin with. And I think we can use those places as examples and learn from them. So first off, employee customer safety is paramount. That is the number one priority. Employees and customers have to feel secure. So the companies need to answer the question, what will the company do to ensure employees and visitors are safe? For example, since the pandemic started, everyone has preached social distancing. But what typically happens, and it always happens actually, is that you get a group of employees in the same room together, that social distancing rule goes out the window. And you might have somebody that comes in every once in a while, reminds people, put on your masks, you need to socially distance. But then 30 seconds later, everybody is back right next to each other. And so as a one company in the last few months, they tried to limit the number of chairs that were around those round tables in the break room for lunches. And that was the way they tried to, to help practice social distancing. But then people would just go get the chairs from other tables and bring them next to each other. So they just worked around the process. They tried putting red tape on top of the tables to indicate this is a place where you can't sit and this is a place where you can sit. You see people eating their lunch right on top of the tape. So it really didn't do anything. So finally they got smart about it and they put plexiglass walls on top of the round table. So in essence made it into four slices with just enough space for someone to eat their lunch. But then those walls enforced the social distancing so that employees wouldn't be able to circumvent it quite as easily. So those are just some good learnings that I've seen over the last few months. Another part of safety is, are you going to require employees to take the vaccine? That's such a hot button issue. And there are so many employees that say, I'm not coming back to the worksite until everybody's vaccinated. 
But then you have another large population that say, I am not getting vaccinated and you can't force me to. So that leads to the second big challenge, which is around culture. What do we really want our culture to be? And what do we want to be known for? What type of flexibility will we allow? For whom? For, hope, for how long? Are you going to require employees to take the vaccine? These are all questions that senior management needs to answer. Make decisions and communicate those decisions clearly to the rest of the workforce. It's a huge opportunity for the companies to show what they stand for. And in doing so, they're going to attract a certain type of talent. And in essence, they're going to reject another type of talent based on what they stand for. Finally, related to, to the culture, it's about how we manage in a hybrid workforce. So companies, we can't be afraid to do some intentional experimentation. See what works, what doesn't work. Is it better to have an entire group in the office for a few days a week? Or are you going to rotate, have a few people come in on Mondays and a different group of people come in on Tuesdays, those kinds of things. Now, during this time, a lot of companies are going to want to bring back employees, certainly, but also onboard new employees. And there's certainly a lot of challenges that come with onboarding new employees in a remote environment, certainly. But during the COVID times, it's even more complicated. How do we ensure new employees are brought on in the right ways in this new normal? Another good question. The basics of onboarding are still going to be the same, right? We've got to bring people in, give them the tools, give them the access, and help them develop the relationships and guide them through that process, get, in, get integrated with the culture. So companies have, been, have done a really good job actually adjusting to this over the last year. A recent staffing industry analyst research says that 83% of employers felt that the transition to remote work was successful. 71% of the employees felt that it was successful. So that's a pretty high number on both ends. I do find it interesting that there's a relatively large delta between the employer response and the employee response. So I think there's a great opportunity there for employers to work closely with the employees, have a regular dialogue with those employees. What's going well? What needs to change? And make those changes. But it's through the dialogue with the employee. Yeah, you mentioned, how do you re-engage employees who have been out of the office for a year as they're coming back and ensuring that everybody feels a part of that culture again? Yeah, another really, really good question. It does get back to the culture, right? Doing a big welcome back event. I know a lot of managers really like to have those kind of, let's, let's have a party socially distanced, but let's welcome everybody back. But it really boils down to leaders who can be empathetic and welcoming especially as people are transitioning back to a more office-based routine where they've been working from home. Personally, I'm a big fan of the direct and sincere approach. I would much rather come back to a manager who will listen to me, who will welcome me sincerely, than to come back to a bunch of balloons and banners and loudspeakers in the, in the lobby, right? So leaders that need to be accessible, communicative, supportive, empathetic as much as possible, this is a great time for, for companies and for leaders. They can really establish and reinforce who they are, what their brand is. And actually, for that matter, it's a great time for employees to establish their brand, who they are, too. Now, I guess it could be different when you're integrating new employees who were hired over the past year and may have never been in the office or met their coworkers in person. Is there anything different that they should do for new employees who were hired uh, over the past year or so? 
I think there is, yeah. And it reminds me of a show that a large number of my family members love to watch around 90-day fiancés or, or meeting someone and getting engaged remotely, and then you meet them in person. Well, there's not going to be manufactured drama like you might see in a reality TV show. There are going to be some bumps in the road, right? So those employees are going to come into the office and they're going to realize, hey, that commute that I thought was going to be relatively easy turns out to be an hour, two hours long. I can't do that. The traffic is much worse than what I thought it was going to be. I don't want to do that. So there's going to be those kinds of things. Plus, the interpersonal dynamics are just going to be different in person than they are over phone or Zoom. So those parties need to be flexible, and in a way, they've got to start over the onboarding process. Find some time to interact in a more informal kind of situation. So make sure we go to lunch and chat and get to know people a little bit. Have candid feedback sessions and reestablish that contracting relationship about what's acceptable and what's not. And probably, again, schedule one-on-ones with those key stakeholders in order to establish those relationships in a more personal way. Kurt, do you think there's a risk of higher workforce turnover once this pandemic comes to a close? And if so, how do you think employers can get ahead of that? I do see a big risk of of increased turnover, right? There's already evidence that the labor market is heating up, and we're seeing that in the staffing industry. Uh, There is a lot of activity. ZipRecruiter, recently reported that they had 15 million job vacancies in March compared to 13 million just a month before. So a 2 million increase, only 6 million back in June of last year. And the labor force participation has been stagnant, right? So a huge increase in the number of positions. And as I've traveled and talked with employers over the last few months, help wanted is one of the most consistent themes. I've seen help wanted signs all over on street corners, in shop stores and fronts, in websites, everywhere there's help wanted signs. So companies have had to reduce the services sometimes because there's a lack of workforce. Think Delta a few weeks ago, right? They canceled flights. And I've personally experienced that with some of the services that I've tried to engage in over the last couple of months, right? So employers are going to have to get creative. And that will impact wages and benefits. So wages will likely go up over the next period of time. Employees are going to seek out those employers that more closely reflect their views and lifestyle, though. So it's not just going to be about wages. An employee who wants to work remotely is going to choose to leave an employer because that employer won't allow them to work remotely. And employees who want everyone to be vaccinated are going to choose to work for a company that requires all of its employees to be vaccinated. And conversely, an employee who refuses to be vaccinated will leave an employer if they're forced to get vaccinated. So yeah, there's going to be an initial upheaval in the markets and there's going to be a lot of movement, but eventually things are going to settle back down to a balance, right? So to get ahead of it, not a lot of secrets here. It's about the execution. Have the leadership in place that can help employees in the transition. If you don't have those leaders now, get them soon because those leaders are critical and help those leaders who can't or won't do it make that adjustment or find another position. Communicate with the employees early and often. Be specific. Don't make promises you can't keep. And if you don't know, say you don't know. Kurt, I have a few more questions I want to throw your way that focus a little bit more 
on the challenges that employees are going to face in 2021. So if you can, stay put, and we'll turn this into part two of our discussion. For our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Yo's Back to Work podcast. Remember to hear future episodes of this podcast, including part two of our discussion with Kurt. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen in. For Yo's Back to Work, I'm Joe McIntyre. Thanks for listening.